Welcome back to another edition of the Return the Picks podcast. Where are where are where? Do you want to do that again? <laughs> nah, let's leave it. Let's keep going. You want to roll with it? Where? Everybody, say where? 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 Where we are uh, still trying to make some money off the NFL by making bets each week with six teams. Uh, let's quickly before we get into what we spoke about this week. Let's run through the bets uh, from last week. Myself, Ollie Wilson, Dave Bluck, and Jazz Gillum. Uh, Jazz, how did you do last week? Because you had three wins in week one, three for th- uh, of six. What about week two? Any improvements? Five and one. And okay. I backed Kirk Cousins and I made a big, big mistake. I don't know why you back a guy you dislike so much. I thought the Vikings were going to win it because I thought the Colts were looking terrible against the Jags. I thought, oh, the Colts aren't going to be as good as they thought. And the Vikings come up and ruin it all. Otherwise, five were completely correct. One Sad. let me down. Yeah, the Broncos, Sad. the Packers, the Jags, the 49ers, and the Rams getting it done for Jazzy, the Vikings. All uh, in the spread. I was shocked. Laying him down. Uh, Dave, what about you last week? Uh, Four and two, and a very dramatic finish for me because the Jags and the Giants managed to uh, keep it really close, but they both lost, unfortunately. So it was quite a dramatic end to my bet. It could have gone my way, but no. Yeah, you did pick the winner, though, in, in the Rams, uh, which was a guarantee. The Bucks, I the did, Bills, yeah. Yeah. and Seattle, uh, which makes you six correct overall for the season so far, eight correct overall for Jazzy, uh, and I had four and two as well. And it's very, very lucky for you, Dave, because I'd have taken out a lot of... <laughs> a lot of pain on you um know, if, if the panthers bit, had come back against tampa bay and won that and then it had been decided on the falcons because that would have been like i can't remember I really... how much it was like 80 quid or something yeah on that game in the way it finished <laughs> it wouldn't have been pleasant that sunday i'm glad, that, I'm glad that we don't have to go through that in our like friendship yeah, that would wouldn't, nice. would have been awkward. Uh, I did yeah, pick the Colts, yeah. the Rams, the Packers and the Bills, but yeah, the Panthers and the Falcons letting me down. So the total earnings so far this year is zero. Uh, nice. On these bets anyway. So far. So uh, yeah, we will bring you some more picks at the end of this week's show. We did have a fantastic uh, chat with a oh, three-time yeah. Super Bowl winner. We've had two one-time Super Bowl winners. We've had a guy that's commentated on the Super Bowl, and now we've had a guy who's got three rings. And what he said about the rings, I loved Yeah. when we spoke to him. Um, what he said pretty much about everything was just great. Like, it, no highs or lows, nothing crazy, just a great conversation with an ex-pro. Yep. Fantastic, man. James Devlin, yeah. the uh, fullback or former fullback of the New England Patriots, uh, talking about the three rings being in the Patriots system and a whole lot of other stuff as well. Any quick takeaways from that that you thoroughly enjoyed, aside from the inside of Jazz's house? <laughs> well, no, my uh, fiance's parents' house. You get a, a kind of virtual tour, if you will. See the outside, some bedrooms. Keep, see the, uh, get on the, the YouTube shop. channel for for that. <laughs> I will for the visuals. I might put together a just a video okay. that's purely yeah, jazz can we do, wandering can we have around a co- the house collage of jazz just roaming around from garden to room to room you also see my choice room. of attire i've got a wonderful uh old england shirt on and the probably the best looking batman pajama bottoms of all time yeah yeah that was uh was interesting and he had but such no, it was like- great such a great chat i mean it was just a really down-to-earth great guy i mean it's not very often you have a conversation as, as freely flowing as that i think somebody you've never met before but yeah fantastic all the way through. Any nuggets, Dave? Or just thoroughly enjoyed, you know, the opportunity. And uh, yeah, he was just an absolute trooper. 
he managed to ignore Jazz's uh, <laughs> Jazz's distracting roamings around the house, and yeah, he answered all of our questions. And yeah, I just you know I wish all the best for him. He's and, wicked. And bearing in mind that Jazz not only did a, gave us a wander around the house, but when he turned <laughs> up for the Zoom well. call. It took a number of attempts for the Zoom call to get going because Jazz yeah. was having pro- technical problems as well. All because he just couldn't yeah, work Jazz out. Jazz has really tried to sabotage this week, actually. I really did, didn't I? And then the internet Jazz? connection. Who paid All kinds you? of trouble. Hey, man, we got there in the end. We I didn't stop. I put my head down. I made it personal. I made sure I put the chip on my shoulder. You play for Midland, right? <laughs> you go to Midland, right? <laughs> oh, uh, quickly! Um, that was another one I wanted to ask him. Um, Twenty years ago this week, that remember the Titans came out. So, uh, oh, nice. the greatest oh, American nice. football film of all time. Just rounding out a nice NFL week after a pretty sad week too. Uh, but let's get into Jimmy Devlin of the New England Patriots, three-time Super Bowl winner, here on the Return the Picks podcast. Enjoy. Over the middle, picked off. Season fired. Blitz coming. Pass is picked off. He's going to go looking again. And it's picked off by Stephon Gilmore. Down on the right sideline. Into the end zone and he's picked off. Back the other way. It's definitely like a period where you're kind of like, you're so, you're so used to being like, um, you know, on a regiment, like, you know, you got to be here for practice, got to be here. I mean, you're essentially when when you're in um, in season, you're at the facility like 15 hours a day, every day, you know. And, uh, you know, so it's almost like you it's almost like you're like let out of prison in a way. Like you're so institutionalized when you're in there that that now you have all this free time and you're like literally, you know, whatever you want to do, you can go do it at any time. Like I could I could get on a plane you know, with my family tomorrow and be wherever I want. And, you know, no one's going to say like, oh, no, you have to stay for this. It's just that freedom is like, it's kind of, you know, it's refreshing because it's the first time in 10 years I've felt that way. But at the same, in the same way, um, you know, it's a little bit like you could get lost in that freedom, you know. So just trying to right now kind of collect my thoughts and and kind of focus on whatever the next step in my in my book will be the next chapter i gotta write that thing you know so don't go all brooks in shawshank redemption on us i was gonna say that's what i thought of (laughs) yeah my god dude i was picturing that when i said it you're writing letters back to julian edelman like don't ever leave whatever you do (laughs) man stay in as long as you can scrolling james was here on every wall i'll I'll put it right up there oh man oh that is that (laughs) no never never Oh, man. <laughs> but then it's also like you retire and then obviously the the world around us collapses as well kind of thing and yeah, it's just is there like... a correlation here can you <laughs> uh, no, can you come out no. of retirement and then maybe this thing will go away <laughs> <laughs> that would be weird but yeah I, it was it was definitely strange um but also kind of you know i found like a lot of silver lining in it because i was able to retire to kind of spend time with my family um and then that's all I could do, you know, for, you know, six months. I So I re- announced my retirement like a- April, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and then for the next like five months, I was just we were like pretty much locked down. Couldn't see family, even though they were like a mile away. And then uh, 
you know, and then it got to be like the summer months in which we're down the Jersey shore. There's nowhere better in America to be than the Jersey shore in the summertime. So, um, I mean, things kind of like they went pretty well for us. I mean, my kids are too young they're not missing school. They don't even know that That's there's good. a pandemic going on. Um, you know, so we're just enjoying, enjoying, you know, family and being on the beach all the time, every day. That's so nice to hear somebody so kind of upbeat about everything because it's kind of it's been so doom and gloom. Yeah, I know for a long I mean, time now. It, yeah. So that's nice, man. I like that. We were able to, to have a good perspective on it. You know, my wife and I tried to really just show the kids a great time because they honestly don't know any better um, other than what we tell them. So we just you know, every once in a while we'd have to be like, oh no, there's there's germs. We can't go into this store, we can't do that. But yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. So but it's uh it's all good man so to say with that though what's that so with that so if you hadn't been kind of retiring this off season given the lockdown and all the rest of the time you had to yourself do you reckon that would have planted the seeds of retiring Ooh, i don't know i mean um on this side of it i definitely am like man like i'm kind of not glad because i would still like to be playing football if i could um you know but yeah. yeah, it would have been it would have been different, you know, because I was so used to I think everyone was so used to playing football a certain way with 70,000, 80,000 fans in the stands and, um, you know, kind of having that yeah, like yeah. brotherhood in the locker room. Right. And like now everything's separated. It's plexiglass. You know, you got lockers uh, separating yourself on either side. And it's just like everything's distanced and, you know. I don't know. It would have been, it would have been strange. And I don't know if I would have wanted to leave the game with that, you know, taste in my mouth as being my last thing. Mm -hmm. So, um, I mean, it's, you know, you can always kind of find, and I, and I'm big into it. It's like trying to find the, the good and everything. Right. So um, on this side, it's definitely, it's definitely doesn't seem like the, the worst time to step away from the game, but yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, right. I, Still would like to be hitting people. That's, that's <laughs> <laughs> and it'd be fun. Um, it'd be fun if you were blocking for Cam as well this year. Oh yeah, be, uh, no, that's be it's, a different experience, right? Yeah, a whole new style of offense, man. It's been been exciting to watch the past the past two weeks, and um, you know, I really think they're the sky's the limit for those guys because they're yeah. kind of a lot. A lot of people didn't expect much, and I know a lot of people didn't expect much expect much out of Cam. But he's proven a lot of people wrong, man. It's it's pretty cool. Like James, I do not. There's no in part of me that wants to like make headlines or anything silly like that. So every question that we ask you, I is 100 percent just genuine interest. Did yeah. you watch that last Sunday and think I'd have made the hole open? <laughs> I I he's, know getting in. he's getting in, James. If you're there, he's getting in for sure. I know. Well, see, I think if I were playing, we maybe would have just uh, just tried to run the ball. Like an old-fashioned style, you know, like kind of how like we won the Super Bowl against the Rams, just 35 lead, just blow it up right down the middle. Um, but honestly, I mean, I thought it was a good a good call. I mean, nobody had stopped Cam up to that point. You know, they were they ran that play against the Dolphins mm -hmm. two times. Uh, they ran it earlier that day um, with a lot of success. So I think Seattle just kind of predicted that it was coming a little bit, and they kind of you know, showed their hand. Um, and it was just, you know, I think you go to your best call at the time. And, um, you know, he, 
Josh McDaniels is, is one of the most brilliant offensive minds in the game. And I think he made the right call and it just happened to be a good defense for that, that particular call at the time. So got to kind of tip your hat to the Seahawks, yeah. but yeah. I don't know what would happen if I was in there, man. Maybe <laughs> someone, someone should set it up in Matt. Well, that corner wouldn't have come in and stopped it. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> There's, there was no way they were passing after ball on the one yard line with those two teams. There's oh, no, no way. Right? No <laughs> way. Daniel scores the pass on that one, does he? Jamal Adams man. picks off in the end zone, huh? I know. Could you, that, that story would have written itself. Yeah. Written, oh, written, yeah. Written itself. Written itself. Yeah, I mean, you I'll know. What, <laughs> oh, go on, man. I was just going to say, I'll, I'll tell you what I was impressed with. We, know, we all know that Cam can score touchdowns with his legs but his arm looks really good yeah man. really good so yeah. i don't know it might be all the way back we've got jazz is really really high on cam he was talking about him being a potential I'm MVP, behind him mvp yeah. candidate yeah, yeah. and he, he looked really good really good. yeah i mean if he continues i mean he's he's account what he accounted for all but like 25 yards last sunday for the, yeah. for the Patriots, something like that yeah i mean you continue that where you're putting up 400 plus yards a game either on the ground or through the air you know, you're, I mean, he's scoring almost every rushing touchdown except for one so far. Right. And then, and then he's also thrown for yep. everyone. Obviously he's the quarterback. So, I mean, how could you not, if he, if they have a, you know, 12 plus win season, I mean, it would be hard to not put his name at least in the hat. So. Yeah. I hope he's going to get some bonus money if they go uh, deep yeah. into the playoffs after he's taken oh, a yeah. massive pay cut. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know. I know. But man, he, he, he's saying all the right things too, man. He's like the fact that he's not motivated by money. He just wants respect. I mean, that, that goes a long way. And I think, I think the play shows, you know, he's, he's not there just to, to collect a check. He's there to, to, uh, to really make a name for himself again, you know, to prove himself. Exactly. Exactly. Is that one of those things where you look at it and think, I could really flourish in this offense because it is very much run heavy because of what Cam can do and because he's a you know big physical back. He's basically another running back stroke yeah. fullback crossbury that can throw anyway. So do you kind of look and think like, yeah, this is this is my kind of team anyway. This is what I could still do and kind of takes you back to, you know, blocking for Sony Michelle in a Super Bowl kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it, it's definitely interesting, man, and I, I love watching it because it uh, it kind of has a little bit of a feel like the Ravens last year, you know, yep. with Lamar running as well as they did. I mean, they were putting up historical numbers uh, as yeah. far as like rushing yards per game, and it was like insane to watch them. I mean, they were doing it with Mark Ingram, um, you know, their young guy they had, and then they had a fullback Patrick Ricard, who's who's one of the best in the game as well, and. I mean, just seeing like the litany of, of ways they could attack the run game. Um, I mean, pay, the Patriots essentially doing that this year, and um, yeah, it, it would be it would be really cool to to see it from the inside. You know, I I know like the traditional runs, you know, when they're coming, and I watch that with a lot of, you know, look back with like, oh man, I remember those days. But <laughs> now with Cam, it's a whole new can of worms. So um, it would be cool, man. It would be cool. But. But, but if you've got a guy like Cam who's getting all of those yards, right, That that's the equivalent of, like, driving a truck down Main Street on your way to, like, senior week, say. And if Cam, yeah. if Cam takes <laughs> yeah. a knock and his shoulder goes again, that's like the wheel falling off and suddenly you're I stranded. I mean, you, you know all about exactly. that, James, don't you? So. Exactly, man. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly that. I'm a, I'm a, I, I am a bit surprised watching 
watching it, you know, it's only been two weeks, but you mentioned uh, Sony Michel. I'm surprised that he isn't getting more yards so far. Because yeah. we've seen him really light things up when he gets going. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're going to start using him more if he's carrying a bit of an injury, but it just feels like, I don't know, the numbers aren't there yet. You think he'd yeah. get more opportunities with Cam there, not less. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, who knows? Uh, I think when, it, it is always kind of like when, when Sony gets going, when they give him enough touches early on. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he does have a lot of success. Maybe that's partially because Cam has taken a lot of those early touches where you can't not put the ball in Cam's hands, you know, like he's such a dynamic player. You just simply got to get him the ball. Um, so we'll see, man. We'll see. Cause every, you also can't have Cam carrying that, that load of the ball 15 times a game. Every so. week. Yeah. That was the, that was the yeah, most yeah. he's ever done in that first yeah. game. Yeah, a lot. so we'll see like week by week. And that's what makes New England so cool is, you know, we could change our style of offense pretty quickly. We have so much in the playbook and then we bring, you know, a chunk into the game. And then then the next week we pull a different chunk down and we say, all right, this is what we're going to do. Um, so this this year they have more, even more to, to draw from. And so weekly, you know, you might see a different off, different looking offense, um, which will that'll be cool to see, man. I'm. I'm right there with you guys. Just you know, I don't have the insider info anymore, but uh, you know, it is uh, it'll be cool to watch. In terms of the playbook, and you know, so you were in, you uh, you were in New England for a long period of time. Are you kind of grateful that you were at one team for so long because you have that one playbook and you have a base of knowledge, particularly with Josh McDaniels being your offensive coordinator the whole time? Or did it change much from season to season? Uh, it definitely like evolved over time and we just kind of we like understood what because the players change you know and each player has a different strength um you know like early on our run game was pretty minimal like we before I got there there wasn't a fullback for like five six plus years um so the running back or the the two back runs was pretty small and then as we kind of got better in that like the menu started increasing and then uh um you know same with the pass game like early on i got there west was still there west welker um so and then julian kind of like you know pretty quickly came into his role after he left for denver so that never really changed but then we had like the two tight end system early on with uh um gronk and aaron and then then it was just gronk for a while so then that whole shit, that like, so things just kind of, it was, it's more like player based, um, like what you're really going to feature, but Josh's offense always kind of stayed the same um, terminology all, always stayed the same. And I was definitely grateful to be in one place because once I learned that, then like, that's all I could think as far as football, like all my football IQ kind of went to that, that one system. And so then like every once in a while you'd hear someone talking about, a different system that they ran, you know, in Oakland or, or the cat with the Cowboys. And it's like, you know, it's like hearing a foreign language, you know, <laughs> you don't even know what they're talking about. So definitely, definitely grateful that I was in New England with like some of the brightest minds in, in the game. <laughs> grateful in New England is like the easiest phrase to bring out in American football of your time yes. there especially yeah. like yeah it turned out quite well for me I think you know <laughs> yeah. three yeah. just the three Super right. Bowl rings and yeah, everything just, just casually just flash the rings as, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
I don't want to get you in trouble, but do they come down to the Jersey Shore with you so you can like flex on the beach a little bit with them? Like, oh, what's something's glinting in my eye? Oh, jeez. Uh, no, man. I, you know what? Since since I've gotten them, they've been safe kept um, in a safe, and I do not take them out. I do not look at them. I don't like even show them to people. Um, I have the AFC Championship one up there with the the year we lost to the Eagles in the Super Bowl. I haven't even looked at that one. Wow. I didn't even. Didn't even like open a box to see what it looks wow. like. Just put it in a safe and you know, kind of use it as motivation um, towards the next year. And then we went back and won it. So, um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't flash those things around. I don't wear them ever. So, so you would cool to take out when your kids get a bit older, though, huh? Exactly. So I got three kids so far, three rings, so they can each pick their favorite and if you have a fourth kid the like the black sheep of the family can have oh, the no. afc one like <laughs> they get, yeah they get the afc championship when yeah. you've been oh. when you've been naughty it's on your placemat at dinner kind of thing like yeah no, no, you're no, in no. trouble then, tonight <laughs> then they'll just have to they'll have to have a battle royale <laughs> yeah. last one standing yeah that'll toughen them up yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow. So you don't even know what the AFC Championship one looks like at all. Like, no. wow, no. that's insane. <laughs> yeah. So it's very much, I guess, because uh, you know people talk about like, oh, this isn't the one we want. It's the next yeah. one, isn't it? And yeah. And obviously, you see it. I mean, um, I was thinking of this earlier today. American football is so, and we've said it between ourselves on this podcast and in chatting. It's so dramatic in all mm-hmm. the in all the silly things that go on or i guess it's not silly in the in the moment but like gruden bringing the rock in in 2002 and being like we pound the rock yeah. and and yeah. if they had failed that year you'd be like you're an old, old man what are you doing like what <laughs> yeah you, you kind of i just on that ollie you kind of want to see all the things that coaches have done like that that haven't worked yeah like all the silly yeah. tropes and stuff like that that yeah, like yeah. bringing a dartboard and being like hitting a bullseye and being like, yeah, that's what we are this year. <laughs> and then, and then yeah. somebody yeah. raising well, then their hand and being stuff, like, treble yeah. 20s. And then, and, then you go, <laughs> and then you go two and 14 or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, there, there's there's definitely like that. I don't know. There's there's definitely drama to, to this game. Um, and there's definitely like a sense of like, you kind of have to have like a, a battle cry. So I remember like in... in college um every year they would like make this like two or three word statement like this was like this was what we are this year it was like one year um oh man now i'm like drawing a blank it's like the last ride yeah yeah one one game more or yeah like never never give up or something (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) you know and then and at first you're like oh yeah i could see that but then it just becomes like you know, like nobody wants to hear this anymore. <laughs> Let's just make something something that actually is motivating. Um, but there's definitely a sense of that in football because it is, it's such like a, you need, you know, like everyone to be collectively, you know, on the same mindset. So yeah. they try to like us just kind of apply some random thing to it, but it doesn't always work out. I think it's just—it's a very American thing from like a Brit perspective. If you did that in the UK, people would kind of—they'd either laugh at you or they'd kind of—they'd—they kind of roll their eyes, like, "Oh, here we yeah. go, yeah. this guy's yeah. trying to mo-. this." Like, there's a resistance to kind of uh, heavy emotion and um, I don't know, kind of forcing the moment it's that almost. Stiff but, upper lip sort of thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's a very up, different keep going, attitude. That's it. 
but in in yeah. America, it just seems um, you know you guys tend to wear your hearts on your sleeves, and it's okay. You know, and it kind of uh, it's a good thing. I don't know. It just uh, yeah. yeah, it just works, especially within American football because it's so cinematic, as Ollie was saying. Yeah, yeah. it's like I Absolutely. don't know. Yeah, there's a lot of room for it. Yeah. I can see that. So so what is what is the UK's favorite team? Uh, it's such Again, a hodgepodge, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, cool. Because I've I've played there one year back in 2012. Okay. I was in a, I was on the practice squad. Uh, we played at Wembley. We played mm-hmm. the Rams. Okay. Yeah. Good. But I remember watching, like you know, on the bus ride in. There's like every 32 teams jersey. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. And like yeah, even yeah. in the stands, like they're cheering for touchdowns for either team. Like there was no, yeah, it's, it's well, definitely a, at that point. just there for the big flashing lights and and big people hitting each other. That's all we're there for. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So like, there's not really like one team that stands. I, above I guess the, the Jags, the Jags, because it's technically a home game for them. They've kind yeah. of like taken a little bit of a hold. Like you do see some people wearing their it's their it's the Patriots stuff, man. But it's the Patriots. There are so many people. There are that, a lot of Patriots fans. Yeah. The NFL's resurgence coincided with like the first patriots dynasty and then then the second one and then yeah then the second one happened as well and everybody was like well we picked the right horse so let's stay on this one kind of thing (laughs) yeah i mean you can't argue with it they get results yeah but they did as well i mean brady's a a sort of play you can't really not get behind either if you do or you think oh he's really good you look at what he's doing he's doing it for so many years you can't really not respect him so for that reason it's easy to support the team because of that as well yeah. yeah. All right. But he so did. Um, there's nothing like there's nothing like the Patriots kind of represent the people that beat you guys in the Revolutionary War. No, no, no there's no judgment that. on that. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I guess that's 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 old news. I mean, the French helped you a lot with that anyway, didn't they? So we'll put it down as the French being the winners rather than the American. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it is interesting though that um because obviously Blake Bortles I think had one of the highest selling jerseys in the UK a few years ago. Um, Brady's and pa- <laughs> Brady and Gronk jerseys were really high as well at that time, but this year they announced actually that the top two jerseys sold in the off season this year. Number two was Tua at Miami, okay. and number uh-huh. one sold in the off season was Brady and the Bucks. So I oh, think yeah. I actually oh, think okay. that maybe in the UK we follow players. players as well rather than teams. You know, you you yeah. watch Red Zone a lot in the UK, so that's how a lot of people get into it now as opposed to it used to be you play as a team on Madden you get into Madden now I think people watch yeah. the stud plays on red zone and kind of go yeah. oh I love Antonio Brown like great yeah. and then get into yeah. the Steelers and, and then you hear him talk <laughs> yeah. yeah um so I think it I think it's more like that and I imagine in if Mahomes and the Chiefs continue for four years like that's yeah. gonna creep up Chiefs. massively in terms of it being a big kind of Chiefs dominated area but yeah, you were. I think you guys were very much the beloved team for a very long period in this country. Yeah, much to the likes, being upset as the rest of us that weren't Patriots fans. We were like, oh, yeah, great, brilliant. <laughs> well, I I chose well, didn't I? So yeah. there we go. Have we had a comment about the Falcons <laughs> last year or not? Not yet. Not no. yet. Oh, okay, we'll leave that for another time. We'll I've been on. waiting for the hammer blow. <laughs> ah, that no, came at uh, the fourth yeah, I quarter. Didn't shirt, it? and I just I figured that uh, you know. I'd, nah. Shane's yeah, already got him once. I've been through enough, uh, James. To be fair, yeah. and yeah, and Shane, then, uh, Shane got me real bad uh, when he came on. Um, just points, uh, Super Bowl trophy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that man. was, and, um, just, and then just last week. Oh yeah. man! Well, yeah. I was, I was tempted. I was messaging Ollie about it earlier. I was tempted not to wear my Falcons <laughs> jersey 
it's become a bit of a trope on our podcast. I tend to wear it every week. Every single time. And um, I got loads of different ones. And then... Um, <laughs> uh, Good for you. Thank you so much. And, one for um, every league. Yeah, I was, I, was, I was thinking about not wearing it because of the awful loss to the Cowboys. And then Ollie sent me... This guy had written this open letter to the Falcons and posted it on Twitter or something. And he's, he's 28 years old and he was saying, I can't be a Falcons fan anymore. And it was this long diatribe of nonsense. And I hated it <laughs> um, so much because I was like, who is this guy? Like, he's not a real fan. He's just like, we lose to the Cowboys in week two and yeah. he's jumping off the Falcons train at 28 years old. Like, I don't know. I hated it. So I was like, I'm doubling down on the Falcons now. <laughs> okay. I'm like, I'm never going back. So there you go. Yeah. Who, who's your That's team, by the way, James? Obviously, you, you, you grew up close to Philly, didn't you? Yeah. So, I mean, Patriots will forever be my team now. Yeah. Um, but Prior to that? Yeah. The, uh, the Eagles will, are definitely like my... <laughs> <laughs> so, I was going to ask you about that. So, obviously, all your mates, all your friends lived around Philadelphia. So, I'm guessing they're all pretty diehard Philly fans. Brad, of course, said he's not really fussed about football, apart from when he's watching you play. Yeah. But did you, Philly friends, kind of give you shit when you didn't win the, the game or were they trying to say if you win it we win either way what was it like yeah it was kind of it was kind of the latter like they were like oh well um you know we really can't lose because we either get to see the eagles win their first or you know get to see you know our, our close friend or family member um when, when yeah so when my third yeah so it was kind of a win-win for them there was a lot of we had we had close to like 30, 35 people at that Super Bowl. Oh, nice. And yeah, yeah. I'd say wow. probably 25 of them were wearing Eagles stuff. <laughs> Tough. Um, you know, I had like my <laughs> my wife's cousin was wearing um, my college uniform over top of an Eagles jersey. So okay. like, as, soon as, as soon as we lost. Stay he, off. He, yeah, he took it off. <laughs> and then they all came to our, our after party. Of oh, course. no. Did and you have to avoid them? them? So, yeah, well, then they were like, they were so happy, um, you know, because the Eagles fans, like, they never had won. Never win. Yeah. It was like they finally got there. Like, grown men were crying, you know, and, um, and yeah, so they were like having a ball, and everyone else is like super, like, kind of just, it's like dire situation when you lose the Super Bowl and then go to the after party. It's like real weird. But, uh, they were having so that, that's the first time you'd ever lost, isn't it? So that would have been especially weird seeing the confetti drop and it wasn't Patriots colors. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was like, oh man, um, super strange, super yeah. strange. And the only thing that really made it, made it any, any better was that the following year we, we got back, got back and we won it, you know? So, um, but yeah, that would have been weird if that was like my last, my last one, um, it would have been it would have been weird, but glad we won that last one. So you're joining us on the James Devlin recalls his worst moments in football podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate you. Yeah, can we talk about the wins or what? <laughs> yeah, yeah we yeah. talk about the good times. I, I, so what was the what was the Belichick <laughs> team talk like after that? Sorry, I just got to ask that. Yeah, go on. Yeah, uh, it was it was actually very positive. Yeah, um, you know, I think there's no use in beating a dead horse. Everybody was was kind of down and. Um, you know, it was, it was just, you know, be proud of the, what we've done to get here. Um, obviously, tonight didn't go the way it did, but we fought hard, um, you know, that kind of thing. And just, you know, and then a, a lot of just like the housekeeping stuff at the end of the season and 
yeah, um, yeah. but it was more like kind of like picking us up because um, he knew everyone was was in in a bad mood and kind of disappointed but you know there was a lot to be proud of that year um, you know we had a lot of injuries and we were battling through like without Julian and um, you know so we we overcame a lot to get there so be proud of that but you know obviously like let's let this motivate us the, the next year and it it did which is all that matters yeah going exactly. going back to the previous year before that um dave might want to take his headphones out just for five minutes or so yeah. um <laughs> there he goes because it's also in reference to what happened to the falcons on the weekend as well because you got to like halfway through the fourth quarter in that game and dallas were moving and you could feel the game slipping away from them in the same way yeah. in that super bowl when we were watching it you were watching it and it was like this is just clinical perfection from this offense they're going to yeah. get this back and they're going to win from an outsider's yeah. point of view you never really felt that it was in doubt at a certain point in that fourth quarter Absolutely. do you feel that when you're in the huddle do you notice that because obviously you're always thinking we're always in this we're still in this because you're trying yeah. to be positive anyway even when you're down but is there a point where you kind of look around and kind of all go we fucking got this like this yeah. is oh man well when 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 we started feeling that momentum swinging we were all like, there's no way, there's no way that we're not going to win this game. Like, and then there was a few critical moments with that, like had like this play was, if it goes our way, we're still in it. If it doesn't, we are done. And those couple moments, like they were coming and then, and then they would go our way and then the next one would come and it would go our way. And then like, finally we're like, oh man, there's, there's no, no way. There's yeah. no way that it's we're inevitable. Were, yeah, you on the, yeah. were you on the field or were you on the sidelines when Edelman had that juggle kind of catch between his legs? I was on was, the sideline. Yeah. Okay. So, so did you get a good view of that? Because that was insane. I think was, that's one of nuts. the most ridiculous. I couldn't believe. Things. I couldn't believe it. I thought it was an incomplete pass. And oh yeah, for ended sure. up like just watching it like everybody else, and I was like, oh my god, he caught that thing because yeah. he came off and he was like, I caught it. I caught it. like there was yeah. no question. And we we're like, ah, I don't know, Jules. And then like you watch it, and yeah, that was that was not so plays like that, and then plays like the uh, Dante Hightower strip sack, and yeah, um, you know, that getting penalty and knocking them out of out of field goal range, like when we needed it. Um, it was just, it was crazy the things that were happening, the two point conversions, all of those to go yes. to convert, like <laughs> yeah. you know, we just like they only <laughs> one of those dominoes to fall their way, and it would have stopped our our swing. But um, I'm just glad it it did, and yeah. So the way that game went, getting down to such a big lead, we kind of stopped running the ball. So I was essentially on the sideline for the entire like last like three quarters of the game yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. until the very end. And then we, you know, we, I got in the play before that and we were through the ball, unfortunately, but um, yeah, I remember, man, I was like, I just was sitting there <laughs> on the sideline, like had the best seat in the house and watching this thing and like hearing people, you know, just kind of feeling that vibe of like Tom and the offense and just, like all the coaches were so they were just like one play at a time, one play at a time, one play at a yeah. time. And, and we really like bought into it and then things started working and then, you know, these big plays were coming and we just focus on winning that play. And yeah. then it would, it would like kind of just 
snowball effect and ended up winning. That was. I, I can't was... imagine the the like come down from something like that because your adrenaline must be just yeah. jacked up for like. Well, I guess the last hour, hour and a half of that, especially. I mean, you kind of throughout, you know, you're kind of feeling it, but I just coming down from that. Did it kind of just hit you all at once? Like once you were kind of away from the the pitch, and you just kind of does the mind and body just go woof, just shut down? Yeah, I mean, it definitely did. I mean, I the the especially later in my career, the immediate like perspective thing that I would always kind of get after a good game because the games were, I was like on such a high, a mental and, and emotional, spiritual, everything was like just so lit up. Um, but then I would get home or in that game, like I'd see my family and my kids were like that immediately like, snap back to reality. So I remember after that game, I was frantic trying to find my family, you know, cause the, it was like even more than the, uh, this most recent Super Bowl win, it was like such a last second win everything yep. was just yeah, yeah. nuts right so i'm running around trying to find my family finally find them my son who was one it was his first birthday the day before um and he was like he was like real sick he had a fever oh, really? yeah and he was like crying his head off um so we're like trying to celebrate but all the while my one-year-old son <laughs> is like just his head off, right he's yeah. a falcons all fan our, <laughs> all, our, all our pictures are like me and my wife like smiling so big and he just like <laughs> yeah right? so it was just okay. like that was that was my immediate like all right get get off this pedestal you got to be dad again and then that kind of like that really followed me the rest of my career like you know no matter no matter what you know wins losses I was always going home and just like immediately kind of snapping back to like reality because at the end of the day football you know only means so much it's really like you know what you have at home that truly counts so yeah um, very true i think yeah. some players seem to kind of lose perspective on that as well that they just have that is all they have and then when they retire the reason why they seem to go so wayward is because they haven't got the support network or the like you said family life to go with it it's just yeah. it's a it's a shame yeah. to see that because you should be yeah. having that sort of that should be kind of taught to you as you're going through your whole career if you know what i mean yeah no i i and that's really come to you know fruition the past few months just yeah. like kind of in this retirement thing is i realized like even where i'm you know sitting at home now on sundays instead of you know on you know on the field playing and i'm now i'm watching it's like well really like that doesn't really mean all that much you know because when you're in it like oh man sunday's everything and then you win and then the whole rest of the week is like all about that or the next one but like now I'm at home and I watch it. And then as soon as the game's off, you just turn the TV off and you're like, oh, well, that's over. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. So it's like, it, it really right. sets things in perspective. You're like, a civilian now. Yeah. You yeah. know, so, um, you know, and like now I really realize like what truly, you know, is like my motivation in life. And that's like my wife and my kids. And um, now I get to spend a lot of more time with them. And it's really cool. Um Yes, it's it's been been interesting kind of, you know, finding my my identity again outside of the game of football. Yeah. That's, That's awesome, man. Is it um is it now a case of 
are you setting yourself goals as you go? Did did you kind of retire? And I know it was obviously a, a premature thing to perhaps what you, it would have been ideal. But at the same time, was there always something in the back of the head that you thought, I want to go into that once football finishes? Or or is it still like finding your feet kind of out in Brooks style um, out in the world? Yeah, I mean, that, it was it kind of was brought on a little, you know, a little prematurely. So I didn't really have like exact plans on where to go. I think uh, I'm kind of picking them up now. And then it's as soon as I retired and then COVID got in like real serious, it kind of like put a six month, yep. you know, Hi, all, all stuff. that yeah, stuff. Yeah. I was, I was trying to like look into, uh, look into some business opportunities and then, you know, calling real estate agents and stuff. And then all of a sudden, like all that stuff froze. So starting to pick back up, like the, we, I live in Jersey, like I said, Jersey kind of opened back up pretty completely um, in September. So that's past, good three weeks I've been kind of back on the road trying to trying to find my way but um I've really been thinking about uh about starting up a podcast maybe doing something in the UK I think I was thinking about um maybe hanging out with yeah. three guys every week talking <laughs> yeah. about was, football I was gonna say there is a podcast well, no, I, was th- I was thinking maybe call mine <laughs> the six picks Okay. <laughs> like that. Yeah. 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 all right yeah yeah that, that might I've got work to say it. james give me real uh real views over, over here what's your uh, what's your beard routine yeah what's up what did you say yeah james? you give me a real bad beard envy right here because it's such a wonderfully manicured beard oh yeah Do you, what products are you using what are you using to trim it what's your what's the regimen here because I, I need the help to try and get the length there dude absolutely nothing man this is just oh, really homegrown yeah, I used to, I kind of went through a couple of phases where I was using like the beard wax and like yeah, yeah. trimming it and like even doing like conditioner, like getting like this special beard shampoo. Yeah. And then I just was like, you know what, this is this is all a little too much. And I just kind of let it go all natural. I don't like I used to always shave under here. Now I just yeah. let it go. You just going fit, fits magic on on us, are you? Yeah, 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 a little nice. bit. Nice. Little needs, bit. To I mean, needs to be a bit bigger. Needs to be a bit bigger. Every once in a while, I shave up my on my. Yeah, the top lip is up. the issue, isn't it? Yeah. yeah so it starts it. curling back into your mouth. Yeah, yeah. Eating yeah. and like I was eating like a piece of peanut butter toast earlier. Yeah. Peanut butter like all yeah. over. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. But uh, chicken wings and, and ribs plus. are what does me as well. Those are the ones <laughs> we get everywhere. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. But and my wife always likes when I trim it up a little bit, and I can kiss her without you know hairs and stuff yeah so do you ever have beard yeah. offs with fitz magic obviously cause he, when he was at the jets and you guys played each other a fair bit was there kind of a look across the field of like yeah <laughs> no because <laughs> no, we we always had a, a slew of guys with good beards like especially late in the year jules always grew his out oh, of course yeah. Um, yeah 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 and then like rob ninkovich a couple of years back mm-hmm. he had a he had a strong beard super like clean and fit always um yeah so we had some good beards but yeah fritz and i used to talk because he was a harvard guy and uh, we would always kind of keep like an eye out for other ivy league guys as we were playing and um jets actually had a number of them they had a guy from columbia uh penn they had uh, brandon copeland played there for a while and then josh the show? There. yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Brandon, a few few weeks ago yeah <clears throat> all right yeah well he's a yeah he's a patriot now so. yeah yeah He's doing pretty well as well from what we see. Yeah. 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 He is doing well, man. So, um, yeah, we always kind of look out for those Ivy League guys because we're like a small little fraternity. And, um, you know, rarely do you see another like, you know, guy from Brown or a guy, you know, I'm I'm sure like a guy from Harvard. There's quite a few from Harvard now, but um, 
you know, like schools rarely meet. So it's kind of just expanded to the whole league. Did uh, did Carl Juszczyk go to Harvard? He was yeah. a high V league guy, wasn't he? Yeah. Do you, yes, do you know, did you speak to him a lot? Yeah, when he was early, earlier in his career, when he played with for the Ravens, we played him a couple of times and uh-huh. yeah, we would talk then. But then when, when he went to San Francisco, we only played him that one time out in San Fran. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we would always, we would always kind of catch up. I mean, we were the rare, the rare like fraternity of Ivy League, but also fullback. So it was yeah, and fullbacks that actually had an impact and stuff. You know? Yeah. Oh man, he's. I mean, he's so dynamic. You know, I was a little bit more of like the old school meathead fullback that just ran hit and people, tried to battering ram people. Like he's, he catches the ball, runs. Yeah, the he's ball, got great hands. Yeah, actually, he's he's like really really. A dynamic player for them and it's been cool to watch him grow into that but you guys kind of made it i don't say this the wrong way but made it a sexy position again if you know what i mean like the the patriots when we spoke to you before the Rams super bowl you know that uh-huh. was a, actually a big talking point of the i-form coming back into fashion and you know you were yeah. leading the drive on that and then with use check last year it was right you've actually got i-form running but you've also got the diamond dynamic dynamism there we go of of his hands kind of coming out the backfield as well like it is a regrowth of a position that was falling well out of favor as you said the pats didn't have a fullback before you joined yeah yeah oh man i mean just watching these past two weeks i feel like i mean um when it was it was monday night right the raiders played first touchdown in the new in the new stadium was their fullback yeah like angled um, Patriots fullback scored last week. Uh, you know, Janovich had a great game for the Browns. Like there's all across the league, fullbacks are, are kind of making a, a, a name for themselves again. And it's really, it's really kind of cool to, to watch. I mean, unfortunately my name's not out there in the hat as well, but, um, it is cool to, to, you know, to look back on that and just be like, Oh man, we're, we're coming back and i and i kind of always knew it was coming like my big yeah. thing when people would ask me like what do you think about you know the fullback having the moniker of like being a dinosaur position or a, it's going out it's going extinct right um i was always like man it'll come back around because mm-hmm. everything in football just like cycles, cycles back around yeah. you know because yeah. for a while everybody was throwing the ball so much so defenses get smaller to counteract that and then when defenses get smaller, they're more susceptible to run the ball. And so you need a fullback and big tight ends and, you know, pound it at them. So I think it's uh, it's kind of starting to like, you know, kind of come to back down that wave a little bit. And, you know, we'll start seeing some more smash mouth football. I'll try telling some of these running quarterbacks to stay behind their fullbacks a little bit more yeah. and they might survive <laughs> a bit longer as well. Because there's a lot of guys out there oh, that are man. running free and it's like one play away from it's some scary. of the most fun people in the league getting out of it, yeah. man. It's horrible to watch at times. Yeah. Kyler, Kyler Murray's going to get hurt. Really I was going to say, little Kyler Murray, he's catch so small. He's yeah. got jets on that boy. He does, man. Did you see that little move he put in? Yeah, oh, oh, there's a little stop yeah, start. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, gone gone yeah it was like it's legit. right yeah. yeah 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 some of the some of the footwork from him is dirty but like yeah yeah in yeah. a great way it's it's i feel it's quite it. small i do get worried that Very a big small. linebacker will just one day level him and they may not come back for the same to the same kind of level a bit like Rod, uh, robert griffin the third did when he yeah. did his knee injury he was yeah. obviously sent the league on fire does his acl never the same player again yeah, which is a shame. Yeah. You don't want to see that from these young players. You want to see them grow. Well, we've we've had enough injuries, Jazz, just from the just oh, yeah. from week two. ACL on ACL Sunday, wasn't it? 
Oh man, man that was tough. Sucks. Yeah. Is it? Is it different as a player? I guess because like fans, particularly like pickup fans, you know, guys that don't really invest in it but kind of watch it and maybe play, and it always mm. seems to come down to like NFL fantasy. We'll watch it and see a player go out, and they'll be like, "Oh no, now my fantasy, my fantasy team's team. ruined." It's like. Actually, no, that guy might have like real problems and like real yeah. life injuries that you've got to deal with. It might, it's, I guess it's different for you when you watch it and you see that and it's even, it hits home even more compared to what Johnny on the sofa kind of thinks. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, because it's, it's all like that. You kind of like feel like you're leaving like your brothers down, you know, or you're letting them down, I should say. And um, I mean, I, I had that happen in 2015. I broke my leg in the preseason and I was like, you know, just a mess because I was really looking forward to that season. I had a good preseason, had a good training camp. Um, and then everything kind of like, you know, it's out of your control, but you get hurt and you're you're done for the year. You're just like, you know, kind of as an afterthought, you know. And um, yeah, it's tough. Like it's tough on the psyche as a, as a competitor to have that happen. But the same you know, same time you kind of, you, you use that time in a, in a, in a different way. And you kind of like start to look at the game a little differently because you're not playing and, you know, it kind of gives you a taste of like, well, you know, now I have some time. I can think about some other things and um, yeah, but it's, it's a, uh, it's a tough thing to see. I mean, um, you know, guys put everything they got into this game and, you know, for so some random thing to happen where they get hurt, you know, it's yep. a knee, an ankle, a head, whatever. Um, it is it is definitely a tough thing to see because just so much goes into it, you know. You're in some gonna... ways, it's a shame that the team sort of mantra with that is kind of next man up. So you you care that your teammates down, but you also have to make sure you're there to support the guys coming in. So you don't say yeah. say Con yeah. is a good example of this. The guy who played uh, Devonta Freeman's going to go and replace him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all well and good the Giants O line being like, oh yeah, come on, we're going to look forward to this. But you know that Saquon was far better, and you obviously care about him because you know that next year you need him rather than Devonta yeah. Freeman. Yeah. So it's I, I just can't imagine the mind shift. space. Yeah, yeah completely. Yeah, oh, it's it's definitely strange, you know. And I was gonna I was gonna touch on that. Is there's definitely a sense of like um, you gotta you gotta move on quick. Like when yeah. you're when you're not the guy that got hurt, like you know you can't really let that like kind of consume you. You have to kind of like just like oh man, we're gonna miss you, but for like refocus on like yeah, yeah. get this guy yeah. up to speed and get get him going so that we can't we don't. Or we, the drop off isn't isn't as like you know impactful. So um, yeah, it's, it's the injuries are are definitely part of the game, but they are a strange part, and um, you know, but everybody's got to deal with them. You know, yeah. I'm guessing when you when you broke your leg in 2015 as well, you're still kind of establishing yourself on that team. What yeah. kind of a contract were you on? That must have been quite scary. Like, were you on like a two-year deal then, or? No, I, so yeah, that was that was just like I kind of established myself in thirteen, in two thousand thirteen, and then fourteen, and then fifteen. I was like, I was really feeling good. Um, I think it was my last year of my contract, and then they just right, offered yeah, me, they offered me a one year, just kind of like see how you do it there was even like an injury clause if something were to come up yeah yeah um which yeah, yeah. it was like another like well you got to prove yourself now again um and then finally after that i came back i was stronger and um you know you just i just kept going yeah just kept going yeah, 
Wicked. I was actually, uh, you mentioned 2013. I was looking back at some of your highlights because uh, I knew you were coming on. And um, you had um, uh, that play in 2013 against the Texans. It probably, yeah, yeah. when you have interviews and stuff, I bet everyone brings it up because you yeah. shrug off like four tackles yeah. and then uh, and then go into the end zone. Is yeah. that is that your kind of, have you got a, you know, you're in the trenches. So a lot of the time you're doing the dirty work. You're not getting, you know, you, you have touchdowns, but you're not getting loads of them. Is that, was that your favorite one? Because it really felt like you were kind of, I'm in the NFL. I'm like, or do, do you have like a favorite play or? Oh man. Um, that was definitely like my favorite, like spotlights on me play. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Cause that was like one of the first times they ever gave me the ball. And, um, yeah, it was kind of like a microcosm of like my entire journey to get in the NFL because I was bouncing around the arena league, the UFL, uh-huh. um, you know, people just pretty much saying like, no, you're not going to make it. You're not going to make it. And then all of a sudden, just like, you know, kind of got my foot in the door and then the Patriots yeah. took a chance. And then I finally like was in. Um, so I, I always kind of like, you know, kind of bringing that all together in that play. But I would say that my favorite part of playing the position of fullback was, was hitting and blocking. Um, and I had some, some pretty good ones. I think the, uh, my favorite play bar none was probably the, the Super Bowl winning touchdown for, with Sony. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Hit Mark Barron pretty good. And like almost, almost dumped them. That was the only thing I regret. <laughs> Didn't get the pancake. Because my left hand slipped. I have a picture oh, of it. Right. Like my left hand slipped off his shoulder pad, so I didn't have like the leverage. Oh. Um, but if that, if I did like just bury him, that would have been awesome. But um, yeah, that was one of my favorite ones because it was such a, such an impactful play on, you know, the biggest game of the year. So. You kind of had a weird array of Super Bowls. Obviously going to yeah. four with three victories, you have... The madness of Seattle is your first one, but you have the cool moment of being the first guy that Brady hugs once he yeah. takes the final <laughs> knee, which is like that's a cool Super Bowl bit. Like yeah. you then have yeah. obviously the comeback, which uh-huh. everybody's like, oh, it's never going to happen, but it does. And then your third victory comes in like a game that neutrals and critics would be like, oh, it's so boring, but was actually yeah. like a real slog and grind. And yeah, the game-winning touchdown is, yeah, is that kind of sloggy, grindy, get yeah. it done in that way. Is there is there a favorite one that you have of, not necessarily which meant more, but kind of the style of, of winning it almost? Yeah, I think, well, I'd, I'd say style of winning my favorite was this last one because we were, we were running the ball at the end of the game, trying to kill the clock. Um, I was getting a lot of play even before that, like before we scored, um, we were doing that like two tight end and fullback thing where we were spreading it all out and throwing the ball and they were having trouble, trouble, like stopping it. So I was out there like, you know, heavily involved. I wasn't so much in the Falcons game, obviously. And then in Seattle, like sprinkled in there. But if I had to say my favorite Super Bowl overall was, was Seattle, I think, uh, it was my first. So everything was like I was wide-eyed. I had nothing to compare it to, and the pageantry of the Super Bowl is like nothing else I've ever experienced. Oh man, yeah. I think that we we were reviewing Super Bowls before um, the season started. We had all this time during. We were locked down for like three three and a half months in the UK. Yeah. And um, yeah, the three of us we were doing the podcast, and we were also we'd watch some games, like old games on YouTube and stuff. That was and fun. We'd, yeah, and we'd sync them up so we watched them at the same time and we'd be on Skype and stuff. 
Um, and we watched that one, but we watched a few others as well. And I really think it might be the best that I've seen. I mean, obviously, I've only been watching football for, I don't know, 15 years, something like that, 10 years properly. Um, but that's the best one that I've seen because it had this great mix of offense yeah. and defense and running the ball and throwing. I think there was just a bit of everything. And then obviously the, the ending's really dramatic. But even if you take away that play, I still feel like it was just an absolute classic. Two teams oh, yeah. that were just amazing, you know. Yeah, I, loved it. I mean, they're kind of the ups and downs. and the, Yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, their, their defense, our offense matched up and then their offense and our defense and like the the final, yeah, like you said, the final couple of plays were just like insane between, you know, Dante, so you know, like he, he was pretty much using one side of his body, throws his body to stop Lynch and then they throw the ball and Malcolm intercepts it. And just the story behind Malcolm Butler then, like yeah, everything yeah. just like, it was, it was so cool. Um, so that, yeah, that one was, was very special. It's actually just outrageous. Just, hearing you talk about your Super Bowl wins that you were involved in some of these absolute classics Amazing that games. one if it was just that one that would be enough but to be involved yeah. in the Falcons one which you could you could also make a case maybe that's the best Super Bowl ever because of the comeback and then yeah. the Eagles one I know you lost even the Eagles one that was the best oh, yeah. yeah that was the best shootout ever such high scoring oh, no. yeah I know I, mean, I said I said after that I was like man this is great for the game of football because yeah. if yeah. you were, if that was like, if you're a young kid or oh, you don't yeah. know much about football, that's the first game you watch. Man, you're you're hooked. Mm. That was an awesome game. And then you watch the Rams game the next year, and you realize it's not all like that. <laughs> yeah, disappointing. Yeah. yeah, there's just yeah. this big guy blocking everybody. This is rubbish. <laughs> Give it to Brady again. Come on. Yeah. He's got a it's cool fun, beard though. So. For me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who who are you swinging at on that um on that? bit of a brawl at the end of the Seattle one. Did you get a shot off on anybody? No, man. I was just trying to get Gronk off or whoever he was with. Uh, oh, he right. Was he, was, he was having a few. But yeah, I did. I actually saw a clip of that and it did look like I swung on somebody, but I, I was and I was just okay. trying to separate. Peacemaker. If you say yeah, so. I'll, I'll have to go back and look at it now. I don't know. No, I was, I was, I'm definitely more of a peacemaker. Um, you know, I, even though I played like a, you know, physical position, I, I was just trying to break it up. <laughs> and were you a bit of a smack talker on the field as well? Or were you quite no, kind of polite? I was, I did not. Just hit people and that's it. Yeah, I did not open my mouth because I don't know if you could tell. I mean, you know, with you guys' accents, I feel like I, I sound like a Neanderthal over here. <laughs> not but at I, all, man. No, you just look like it with the beard. <laughs> well. I, I just don't. I don't oh, the beard's way too well trimmed to be Neanderthal. I'm not, I'm not great with, uh, I'm not great with words. So I was just, I'd let my play, you know, speak for itself and, I think that's scarier. Yeah. Because I think if someone was talking to me about, okay, he's obviously getting in the zone. If someone's just silent and bashing me in the face repeatedly, (laughs) it's like, this guy's got something wrong with him. Yeah, exactly. Intimidate. This is one thing. Intimidation by not opening your mouth. It's up to your imagination then, you know? Well, I kind of... That's the scariest thing. It's a slightly different tack, but I always loved how Andrew Luck always said good hit man after he got after he got taken down he's like oh good hit man thank you thanks for that that's great and you the guys who hit him must have just been thinking like did i hit i thought i hit him hard like he's (laughs) he is really happy that i hit him (laughs) it's so good it's reverse psychology isn't it if you try and take someone who's really angry and be really nice to them they might then lose their anger and then lose their edge maybe that's my that's my take on it i did always i did always like pat people on the head and like i would always say good knock okay (laughs) 
Yeah. Well, after you concuss them, you'd then whack them on the head and be like, hey, <laughs> yeah. don't worry, buddy, shake it off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah, I just try to be try to be nice to everybody, you know. Just uh, yeah. just uh, finally on kind of the word side of things, you know, we did speak and thankfully to Brad, and I have to thank Brad for giving us, like, yeah, shout to being Brad able to set one. this up and everything because I really appreciate that from him. Um, and also thoroughly appreciated being able to drop the weird knowledge bombs on you about your childhood yeah. and just kind of oh, that was that was one of my favorite and inter- that was probably the my favorite interview of my my entire NFL career because I was so blindsided by that I had <laughs> yeah, no idea and you started pulling these things out and I'm like how do they know this and I was like is this stuff online uh, you know? and, then, and then you finally said Brad and I was like oh man that guy he's one of the nicest he guys you up in, and and I still I mean I was texting with him obviously before this but almost every day I I talk to Brad and our group of friends is super close and uh, man he's he's one of the best I, he'll probably watch this so I gotta I gotta say nothing but the you best. Got some nice yeah. Yeah. James that kind of leads us on to uh, in a similar vein we're having Shane back on the podcast soon yeah is there something that you could help us drop in so that like we can blind freak, him. Yeah, we can freak him out a little bit. Oh man, with Shano, um, yeah, he was a pretty clean cut character, man. I mean, he's uh, he's well spoken. Um, I'd have to think on that one, honestly. Uh, I don't mean anything dark, by the way. I'm just well, saying it can, it can be I'm as dark saying, as you like. <laughs> well, it yeah. can be. It <laughs> can be ruled that, out. That might endear, that might not endear us very much. You uh, you owe him a great of uh, debt of gratitude, though, don't you? Because Shane it Shane told me that he gave you some advice when you were trying for your first child. <laughs> oh man, he did. He did. Yeah, because I was always, <laughs> I would always, uh, I would always start stop. You know, like trying. Yeah. Um, you know, a few days before the game to kind of like let my testosterone build, but he said, "No, nah, why don't you take that a few days past?" Um, and then, yeah, shortly after. You know, I got my wife pregnant for the first time and we were trying for like 11 months. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. Before we finally, you know, before it finally took. <laughs> so, yeah, the, uh, Shane, yeah, Shane definitely, definitely helped us along, man. Well, and I mean, he, and he finally took his own advice, it seems. Cause, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, yeah big ups cool. to, to, to Shane. Oh, yeah. He was he was such a good dude. We were locker mates for a couple of years and. Um, yeah, he definitely helped me along early on in my career on a numerous, a bunch of numerous ways, you know? So, um, yeah, he's a good dude, man. Do you, um, do you enjoy just going back to the media and getting off <laughs> any other awkward family topics? Um, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Mrs. Nah, Mrs. Devlin, I hope won't be listening to this or anything like that. So that's <laughs> okay. she's, she's down with the kids, but yeah, no, um, it's all good. It's just, all good. She, we, we, Shane and I joked about all that with her before, so it was, uh, yeah, it's, oh, it's nothing new then, at least. Uh, all right, okay. <laughs> um, when you when you were talking to the media, though, because this was something that um, in a few of the books that I've read recently over lockdown and stuff has been discussed a lot by some of the athletes that I've read about. It's that you know game face on, and, and when we spoke at the Super Bowl, you know, there was that immediate like jokey fun questions and then and as soon as i asked about the game it was like yeah we're just going to try really hard and we're going to do yeah. and execute yeah. and everything like that is there an element from a player's side almost of like frustration because there are guys that don't want to talk to the media and the guys that do and and can and and you almost are restricted though in anything that you can say because there is the worry that if you say anything outside of that it then gets blown out of proportion is is there an element of frustration on the player's side as there is on the same side that 
as a journalist, I, I certainly know it, there is an element of frustration on our side when that happens. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, th- I think being in the media, I can only imagine, is one of the toughest jobs because you got to walk in there and you know that these players are like kind of like dreading it, mm. you know? And so there's always like that balancing act where you're like, I want to be, I want to be nice and I want to be like, you know, open. But at the same time, like, you know that people are going to see this. And so you don't want to like, you know, put off too much information or make yourself look bad, but you also don't want to seem like a, like a square that you're just going to like say yeah. like the most yeah. prototypical answer. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, there's definitely just like that constant, like, like balancing act and like guys just hate that stress you know Mm. honestly it's not that they hate the questions i think they just hate that they have to like delegate they they have to be like that middleman you know yeah yeah yeah. like we're speaking we're speaking for the team but like yeah you know the team is kind of bigger than us so and you get dumb questions like you do you must get the worst (laughs) questions at times yeah i mean we yeah especially with like some of like the scandals that that went through New England, like there were yeah. some times where you're just like, I don't even want to see these guys because they're just going to ask all these dumb questions that have no, no like real, yeah, you know, nothing, nothing to do with football. Exactly. exactly. Just looking for a headline. That's all they're doing. Exactly, man. Yeah. So, yeah, I definitely get frustrated at times, but it is part of the game and part of why people love it. So, that's why. How much why, media yeah. training do you get for that as well? Sorry, Ollie. No, go on. We're kind of training. They kind of say to you, right, here's a microphone. Here's how you talk to people. Say a this, little, say that. A little bit. There's like, we usually during training camp, we'll have like some, um, you know, high level PR guy. We usually had this guy that was the, uh, when 9-11 happened, he was like the kind of the guy that they like pushed out to the pedestal, like to speak oh, right. to the media. Wow. So, um, oh man, that was his last name. It was like something bomb. But anyways, he was a Navy guy and like an admiral. And uh, he would come and speak to us and kind of give us like the rundown of how to like keep her answers like to the point, crisp and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, yeah. They, they weren't like every week, like, oh, no, this is what you can and can't say. You kind of oh, yeah, okay. that up, you know. This is why you need to get yourself uh, a dictaphone get yourself a media accreditation under the return the picks podcast name and yeah. as soon as you can start getting into games around the place start going around and check because players love talking football with other players that's one thing yeah. that like civvies like us yeah. cannot do because there's yeah. not that same rapport whereas they know when you come in that you're not going to be there looking for a story you're there to talk football and you can speak oh, yeah. the same language man so uh yeah. we'll have you as our roaming reporter uh not necessarily paid <laughs> but uh yeah we can't pay you any money but yeah whatever you guys got shane with this the gig with shane uh just sign me right up man. <laughs> uh, my, my schedule my schedule just opened up so. brilliant well i think we're paying shane in tequila it seems so that's his currency oh, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, you could, you could pay me in pre-workout. Okay, <laughs> all right, <laughs> sounds good. Okay, which pre-workout? Uh, man, it probably Amino Energy by Optimum okay. Nutrition. That's my that thing. sounds like a boring name. They've normally got names like Monster or Rage yeah. or... Of course, uh, the best Venom was the original Jacked, wasn't it? The original Jacked Jack, was the Jack one you wanted. 3D. Jack 3D. Yeah, that's all you wanted. The original thing. It's now illegal. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, before they took the illegal stuff out, it was great. Yeah, um, but, yeah, um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, I've taken all that stuff like the hemo rage and all that kind of stuff. Like, but, yeah, yeah. Um, 
yeah, just kind of simple, clean stuff now. Because I'm getting older, man. Well, we will. Uh, well, next time we'll get Shane on tequila for half an hour before it. You on jacked for half an hour before it, and then <laughs> we'll set up a Zoom call for just you two. We'll record the whole thing and see how it goes. And we'll do it that way. Right. <laughs> I love that. Might be scary, man. Uh, <laughs> it is quarter to nine here, so we know you have yeah, to get we'll off, man. Go. But um, really appreciate the time. It was so nice to to chat, and uh, yeah, look, yeah, any any time you're free, we would be more than happy to uh, to have you back on, mate, if we can. And yeah, hopefully, I'm. My schedule is pretty pretty free right now, so cool, you know, just between between wrangling my kids and trying to get them to go to sleep, um, I'm pretty free, man. So I I'd, I'd love to join you guys again. This was a lot of fun. Awesome, man. Awesome. And uh, we'll try and give you a tour of a different house next time. You saw a lot yeah. of where jazz is at the moment. So we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll show yeah, you a nice nice indoors, outdoors. I should I should rephrase it. It's not American football teams being annoying. I kind of like it when fan bases call out American football teams and sports teams on their crap on social media. So the Jets put something okay. up this week of like, did you check out this angle of Sam Darnold's touchdown throw? And it was Ooh, like, why are you? That's tone deaf, isn't it? And the Falcons <laughs> do stuff like that on Instagram. They all do, yeah. Um, and it's kind of like that's their job, but you should read the fucking room a little bit. Yeah. Like, yep. it's like um. I don't know. It's kind of like a stand-up comedian, like making a joke about 9/11 in New York, like two weeks after or something. It's like you can make a 9/11 joke, but not then. Yeah. <laughs> like, yep. You gotta give it just some time. Let it breathe. Like don't. Yeah. And they, the Falcons have been doing that since uh, Sunday, and every post, all the comments are "fuck you." Well, that's you I lost love- this game. Get I rid love of fans everyone. doing that. I love like underneath the the Jets one. There was one guy that was like, "Hey, got any uh, shots of us tackling on that third and thirty-one and th- and stuff like that?" Oh, and it's like, God. but that's what happens when the media the you read is all in-house media, and that's why it's good to have independent media, whether it's you know idiots like us talking on a podcast or actual like you know Fox Sports and people being like, "The Jets are terrible. We need to bring them down a peg or two. Because if you let mm-hmm. the teams control the narrative, it's like. Well, we lost, but hey, guys, did you check out the way yeah. that Sam Darnold oh. took the knee? Oh, it was look, at, phenomenal. look at Ridley. We got Ridley. Yeah, yeah. yeah I can't imagine <laughs> what I didn't look at Falcon social media. I didn't see. I was tired of looking at the social media. Well, I sent this I sent week. you the snapshot of uh, them saying uh, Matt Ryan. Uh, we need a new QB. We need yeah, a new yeah, QB. Yeah, it makes guys. Sense. We need we need a new QB. That's definitely the problem in uh, in Atlanta. Missing for that many yards, all the touchdowns, no interceptions, we no need turnovers from the offense. Well, you know Gee, those a couple of defensive stops, really, isn't it? Those idiots uh, that are saying that were probably saying that in 2015. The year before he was MVP and we went to the Super Bowl. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. no, no one can point the blame at Ryan for that loss. No it's one insane. can. It's All you insane. can look is the defense not getting any stops whatsoever. And then the special team is when it's not gone 10 yards, if the special teams, oh, if the man. Falcons just jump on it, they're just well, so scared, over. Jazz. They're just so scared. You can't play scared like that. You can't play scared. Not, not, just not go and claim it. Level. Just go and claim it. It's no. so like I can British fall over. University I can American fall over. You can. Yeah. Just fall yeah. on the ball and it's all over. Because if they'd fallen on it and then they go on to the... Oh, it doesn't matter, actually. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah well, no. If, they, if the Falcons had fallen on it and it had slipped out from underneath them and Dallas get it, They'd at least the you've tried. Yeah. 
Like yeah. at least you've done something to try and it's do better. what you're meant to do. Yeah, it's, but the thing better. is, though, we can say that we say that because that's what we know how it turned out. However, if they jumped on it at the five yards, the, the it got five yards, and they touched it, at that point it didn't look like it was going to make ten yards. So then you'd be saying, well, it doesn't never going to go ten yards. So what are they doing? Yeah, so, so you actually, have, either so you way, stand, they're a bit screwed. Take it, no, you take they're, it at nine. It's just panic because you're not prepared for the situation because the onside kick hasn't been coached. anything for some time, and maybe, maybe as some people speculated people still don't quite know the rules on stuff. Must mm-hmm. be. Which is also be. baffling. We've just had a guy on our podcast that is so professional and consistent with his job as throughout his career, and then you've got other guys playing at that same level that might not know the rules of what they're meant to be doing on an NFL field. Because, I mean, that, 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 that Cowboys guy that recovered it, it was like he was just backing up, and like he was boxing the players out as it was going forward. Yeah. So he was, he was just there. He's literally right there. And if you're and a Falcons player, players, you yeah, can push him onto go. it. Yeah. If you, you push you the Cowboys push player onto it, then he's touched it before 10 yards. So yeah, nullified, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Unbelievable. So anyway, angry about so, that. So, uh, you know, let's move on. Yeah, sorry, man. Oh, um, That's oh, all right. Julio Jones trade, the uh, the thing I was chatting with Richard Graves about, he he came out with on, on Monday morning. Very interesting point. Yeah, very uh, interesting. Would, so yeah. would you like the idea of perhaps cashing in on Julio, getting a first round pick and attempting to rebuild off the back of it and making Calvin Ridley your number one, bearing mm. in mind that Calvin's probably getting all of these touchdowns because of Julio Jones? It's just, it's an interesting thing. I don't know whether I want it to happen. I kind of don't want... You know, he's one of my favorite players and one of my favorite Falcons players as well. So I don't I don't want it to happen because it would bum me out. And I don't know if it would be. I don't know if it would kind of, you know, we're a long way from being uh, for competing really in the NFC I see right now. So I don't know if I could, but I could from an organizational point of view, from a GM point of view, Dimitrov should consider something like that. Um. But I don't know. I, I don't know what's going to happen with the Falcons. Is Dimitrov going to be in a job next year? They could blow the whole thing up. I mean, it's not just Dan Quinn. It is Dimitrov bringing in these players who have not worked out on defense. He's made those draft picks and they haven't worked out. So I can't just blame Dan Quinn. I need to blame the personnel that's come in as well. So to a I point, don't know. But some of the players he's had have been quite good. Unfortunately, he's had some injuries. So you can't, you've got to excuse that a little bit. But when he was at Seattle, granted he had world beaters across the back, actually across the entire defense, they're kind of world beaters. But the Falcons' defense that went to the Super Bowl was not a bad defense at all. But it seemed like they just got outcoached completely. And if you're a defensive guru, if you will, you can't be outcoached like that. And if you need to have star players to be any good at your job, clearly you're just not that good at your job. But like they're just saying on the gone. I was just going to say that, but it's not. I mean, forget the forget the Super Bowl loss. I mean, they they got gassed out. It was a kind of freak occurrence. They played well for you know nearly three quarters. That defense. It's more yeah. just like your regular like week six game against mm. I don't know the Eagles or whoever. Like, oh, don't worry about that one. <laughs> that was <laughs> picking see. a team. I'm just picking a team out of the air. It's just like you know against the Bucks or whoever in the division. It's like those are the games that he doesn't seem to be able to just have a competent defense for like there's stars on that defense. You know, there's players that, you know, and there's other teams in the league where you don't know many players on the defense, but it's so well coached that they can just, they can put out a team that's going to function well enough that if you score 39 points, you're going to win win a game. game. (laughs) Like that's, he doesn't need that. It's what's so frustrating about the Falcons. You they don't need to have a top 10 defense. They just need to have a top half defense yeah. in the NFL. If they had the 15th best defense over the last four years, 
then that would change a lot. I'm not saying we'd have won multiple Super Bowls or anything, but it would have made things very interesting. And that and window would have playoffs. Year, we would have made the playoffs every year. That window sure. would look far more open than it does now in terms Absol- of a Super Bowl absolutely, window. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, we just yeah. need a defense which is well organized. Is it culture is though? Down then to the coaching. Yeah, but is that then culture? And then that comes back to perhaps Dan Quinn. That also can be pulled yeah. back to the Super Bowl loss. I mean, you know, Shanahan's dealing with the same ifs and buts around him because of the Super Bowl loss and then throwing away the lead last year in the Super Bowl as well. I mean, mm. if you're getting that deep into it and all you want is a basic defense, do you point a finger then at the culture of, of the franchise, the partic- particularly defensively? Yeah, uh, with well, Dan I, Quinn I and think, then... I, yeah, I think that Dan, Dan Quinn should be fired. Um, I mean, I, I, don't know, I don't know about their support coaching staff enough. I don't know if they've, if they've got a... If they've got a coach that they like, whether it's probably not a special teams coach, but if it's a special teams coach, if it's the the defensive coach, if it's an assistant coach, they should fire Dan Quinn now and put them in. I really feel that because there's, I don't know what else they're going to see from Dan Quinn that's going to change things around. It would be miraculous if mm. suddenly that defense clicked in week three against the Bears and well, it might then do, goes the, the rest of the really season. I mean, I've got two things on that. First thing is, in terms of firing Dan Quinn, you look at what happened last year when they said this week might be the week he gets fired, and then they go win six games in a row against high-level teams. Mm. So I think in some ways it's motivation of the players, which doesn't help. The way that they... And then going back to the the loss against the Falcons, sorry, Falcons against the Cowboys, it just shows a weak underbelly. And I mean, like we are saying on the, the WhatsApp group during the week with Adam Gase, Adam Gase is still living off that year with Peyton Manning as quarterback. So the minute Dan Quinn is still living off the Legion of Boom is his defense. So if you haven't done anything since then, and you haven't, even if you had, let's not call them subpar players, but not as good players as you had with Cam Chancellor and Sherman and Browner and Thomas. Mm -hmm. But if you haven't had the stars you had there, you still can't make the players you have better then you're failing as a coach. Your job as a coach is to make the sum of your parts that you have better as a whole. That's what Bill Belichick is so brilliant at, for an example. So if you have that and you haven't got someone that's doing the job properly, you have to get rid of them. I know. He's, he's, to. he's got to go. He's got to go. Uh, we'll at least see. you're not bringing in uh, Devonta Freeman or Blake Bortles this week. The most <laughs> uninspiring <laughs> yeah. free agent hirings coming into the league. Like, oh, Blake Bortles is back. Live yeah. in fear, I guess, in Denver. Watch out for this guy. <laughs> like, Fairness, Jeff Driscoll looked pretty good last week. I mean, he did, came in and did far better. Risky, yeah. Yeah. He did not bad at all against the Steelers' defense. So, I was a bit well, I assume, kept in I assume that he'll still be uh, starting. starting. They're not going to yeah, put balls so. in, but they just need to. <laughs> but it, it's amazing that uh, Dan Hansis uh, was killing them. Uh, he was talking to Greg on the ATN podcast about it. And uh, they quite rightly said they'd been saying it all off-season. Everybody had been saying it. Why don't they bring in... Yeah, okay, you believe in Drew Locke, but bring in one of these veterans. You had yeah, like yeah, three proven veterans out there like go and get one of them at least i mean uh and it's now just, that it shows why you do that just because. a weird week because then you have that and then you have like tarot taylor it comes out that the doctor punctured him in the lung <laughs> before last week's game and like justin oh, herbert man. was amazing like, believe that. what a debut that was an well, there is great apparently game a risk that can happen with those sort of things any sort of injections but it, but to it's, the ribs, still, it's, a, it's a risk it just sums up last week dr jazz thank you very much for the session being in again, I, hey, we, I, I called. I called all the ACLs correct. So yeah, last weekend, the, all with all the injuries, and Jazz is just on his sofa with no medical degree, making Nailed <laughs> making all, all of Nailed these judgments all. about what the injuries are. Nightmare. Yeah. The only one I got wrong was uh, Desmond Casey. I thought he broke his uh, collarbone, but he was still in the game. So 
clearly he didn't. The rest of them, on the money. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, that, I mean, that Tyrod Taylor thing just summed up last oh, week. So a real bummer. Uh, Herbert looked know, really good career, but... Well, now they've got a real problem in Los yeah, Angeles of like, to, the plan obviously wasn't to bring him in that early. And I, well, de- I definitely think it's better for Herbert. If he can play, he can play, right? That he only found out 20 to 30 seconds before kickoff of yeah, he didn't uh, have time to get in his head. And, yeah, there's yeah. no thought process around it. It's like, okay, and it's no pressure football. It's what I was saying about Nick Foles last week and, and those sorts of players that as soon as they're the backup and come in, it's like, well, one guy's already sucked already. So I can't do any worse. And and Herbert goes in last week with, well, no one's going to expect anything from me when I've been told 20 seconds before the game that I'm playing. So I'll just go and enjoy it. And apparently he was calling over to the sideline and being yeah. like, this is great fun. Oh, I'm having a... Yeah, this is Football's awesome. fun, coach. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you guys have been I doing this that. for like five years. This is amazing. Yeah, why, why are you not smiling? It's, <laughs> it's exciting. And they've got a hell of a defense there. So, you know, who knows? Then maybe they're not... If they had Derwin James, though. I know he's so legit. Yeah. yeah. Although I, I, I think their defense looks better against the Chiefs than those other teams. So I think that we'll get a better chance to see them in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. It'd be interesting if they were raising yeah, their yeah. games for Kansas City because everybody's going to raise I think their it is, game they, for Kansas City. They always City. run them close. Um, but, and, and we'll probably come onto it at some point later on in the season. Something else I was going to touch on today, and we would do something far more at length on it, is moaning about teams not going for it on fourth down. Like it's come into the league now in the last few years. Partly because of Doug Peterson, I think, um, and we'll come on to it's that. It's a percentage later. play, actually. Uh, yeah, I, I'm t- uh, getting angry about a team not going for it on fourth down. It's just the dumbest thing. I, I oh, I agree, but I think that if if uh, if you believe in your players, and there is not to do it. But I think if you play every single down, every fourth down, like when we play on Madden, there's no punting. It's just fourth down. Yeah, it's not down. Try and get the odds. And, and despite all the scrambling quarterbacks in the NFL jazz, it's not Madden. So, yeah. and, and, and that's yeah, where yeah. the attitude is coming from. It's video game culture seeping into reality because people want entertainment totally rather agreed. than actual football. Yeah. Uh, oh, well, I guess we don't need to have a long conversation about it. because <laughs> Covered it. Yeah. Nailed it. Right. I, I have nothing to add. I completely agree. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we do have games coming up this week. Uh, thankfully, recording on the Thursday, so we don't have to talk about Jags against the Dolphins because that is something that no one cares about. Uh, Hooray! So instead, unless you're a big... I reckon it's going to be high scoring that game. I uh, don't want to hear any. Is that what is that part of your bets, Jazz? Is it? It's not. No, I never used uh, the Thursday game. Garner Minshew is boring to me already. It's part, it's part of mine, actually. I, I, I've got oh, the Jags. Oh, you've gone Thursday. Jags to win. <laughs> so we do have to talk oh, about Jesus. Thursday night then, because you know this is going to date the podcast. I don't. Uh, I don't have, have strong feelings about it. They're well, just no, but start, uh, us, start us with your bets, because if you're starting on Thursday night, we should start with you because yeah, you're the opening okay, right. opening game uh, of the yeah, week. Right, so what have you got? Yeah, I mean, I'm not too interested. I just, I'm just feeling. Gardner Minshew, I'm just feeling it. Minshew mania, yeah, you're behind yeah, yeah. it. He's going to take care of business against it's running Miami. wild all over you. So, but it will be quite funny if my bet is done. It very well could Tomorrow, be tonight. Yeah. That'll be yeah. quite funny, and it'll probably, you know, I'm not doing very well so far, so probably, uh, probably justly so. So, what else have we got? I've got the Packers over the Saints. Yeah, that's just, just easy money to me. That one. It's just smart. I mean, the Saints looked pretty vapid, really, against. Yep. Uh, um, offense looks toothless it's a good sunday yeah. night football game though i mean but... i think the vegas are the, the vegas. vegas team they're gonna they're gonna make a lot of defenses look a little silly this year i think that they've got enough weapons where they can put up 30 points on most teams yep. but the saints on offense oh it did not look good so green bay packers are just they're gonna win that one i'm very sure of it and then I've gone for a little bit of spread betting so we'll put one of those in uh i've got the falcons at minus seven and a half um against the bears 
Uh, Falcons I, I, minus seven and a half. Yeah. Okay. What the odds you got on that? Uh, well, this is all seven, part of the seven massive... to four, but it's all part of my uh, my overall returns. Okay. That's, um, okay. I just think they're going to take. They're going to have a bounce back. The Bears aren't that's very big. good. Um, TCB. You know, it's fine. Look, I mean, the Falcons aren't going to have a good year, but they're going to take care of business. Just taking a seven so seven point spread because the spread that they actually have is three. They're a three point favorite. Yep. But you've gone for a super spread. I, I, I rate that a lot, Dave. That's bold. Yeah. He's backing, he's backing them because well, they put up. But, I love you know, that. but look, I mean, think about it, though. I mean, it, even if the, Fal- the Falcons' defense is completely woeful, that I just don't. Th- I think that offense is going to stay at the same level against the Bears, uh-huh. and the Bears' offense is not going to be able to keep up. So even if it is a shootout, they just don't have the firepower. So well, Mitch Trubisky has put a good second half in week one and a good first half in week two. So maybe he can have a good game. I mean, it's impossible well, from what we know of him, but you know, if if you're going to see a very sad Dave if Mitch Trubisky tears, can you the imagine Falcons that? If... It's going to be it's going to be a bad day. But yeah. speaking about the Mitch Trubisky quickly, yeah, I was I was obviously out with the three quarters. That Dave was out with six quarters. You were game three, Ollie? Were you game uh, four? I said four, week I four. Week four. Okay, so You've still got a chance. He's got another game. So I'd be it. I'd be surprised. He'd have to have a real shocker against. I mean, he's Possible. playing a good defense to kind of stay in his job because yeah. I don't think we're going to get a lot of pressures on him or I say yeah I said he'd play the first four games of the season so technically I can have week five and yeah I mean you're already the winner because me and Jazz Mm. are out also I think that Gizzy had two decent wins two wins two wins yeah two wins he's bought himself a bit of time he does yeah he's he's, surprising yeah yeah. Uh, two games four games better off than the Vikings the Dallas Cowboys I have losing to the Seahawks Um, I'm backing the Seahawks to the hilt this year I think they just look great and I can't see. I think this will probably be a tight game, um, but I just can't see. I don't know. That Dallas defense was just so bad, hmm. so bad. They just didn't get didn't get any turnovers against the Falcons. They didn't really get any pressures. They don't seem to have a pass rush, which is kind of weird. I thought their defense looked better on paper, but it's not come together anyway. And the offense so, turned the ball over what three times in the first quarter, something like that. Yeah, I mean, I do think that their offense will come. You know, that might be the spark against the Falcons that second half where it kind of, they start racking up the points. But anyway, I think the Seahawks are going to win that. And then I've got the Rams to beat the Bills, Mm -hmm. um, which could undo me. The Bills are, you know, I think that's probably, that's going to be a very close game as well. It's going to be a fun one to watch that. That's going to yeah, be really I just, enjoyable. I just think I just think that Allen's going to have a meltdown in the third quarter, I'm predicting. <laughs> He's going to have a meltdown because Aaron Donald's going to be in his face all day. So that's what I've got. And that's there. what Josh Allen does got... when the pressure's on because he's not a good quarterback, even though he leads the league in yards. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, this season is already getting under my skin uh, <laughs> so much. The, the Bengals. Yeah, but he had I've a 140.7 got... last week. Oh, shut up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's super mad. Uh, the Bengals, I've got eight and a half, plus eight and a half against the Eagles. So I think the Eagles really take care of business against the Bengals. What's the odds on that? Eight to fifteen. Okay. okay. Uh, so what's your so overall? Overall, I've got sixty-two, um, sixty-two pounds for my one-pound bet. Very nice. Very nice indeed. So, Jazz. Yeah, I, I had to rank it up. Like, uh, yeah, I had to get a little bit creative because it's a tough week, wasn't it, to just do the money line? Yeah. There are a lot of ones that anything, just seem you know? quite obvious. I've got an eleven-team yeah. accumulator that's only paying out one hundred and fifty quid. Because yeah, it's like, like, I looked at that as well. It was fourteen-one. There was up to like nine hundred. It wasn't worth it. Yeah. It's- it's not um, so what I've got, I have, like Dave, I've got the Rams to beat the Bills. 
I took the Packers as well because they're both underdogs. Are you so spreading or are you are you these are money lines? Those two are money lines. I then have three spread bets. I've got the 49ers minus four points against the Giants. I've got the Falcons minus three. And I've got the Raiders plus six against the Pats. And then I threw the, that's what I talked about before. I threw a new market into it this week. So I've got an over under on the game total. So I've got Texans Steelers over 45 points because I think that's going to be relatively high scoring. Because if you think of Jeff Driscoll managing to push the ball around on the Steelers defense, to Sean Watson's far better than Jeff Driscoll is. Yeah. Uh, that was a really tough one to pick for me, actually, this week, even on the money line. Yeah. I've got a I horrible feeling it. about it. Yeah, um, I, it I, just, couldn't, I couldn't even look, look at the spread. I just couldn't yeah. do it either. It feels like... Are the, are the, is Deshaun Watson really going to go 0 and 3? I don't know. I just it feels like the Steelers are a great team, but Steelers they are, they should are have lose enough. some games this year. I don't Absolutely. know. Absolutely. It feels like I mean, a I, potential banana skin. I don't know why. Remember, I said 12 and 4 at the beginning of the year, but whatever. Um, but I think that if you, the Texans do go 0 and 3, they've gone 0 and 3 against the Chiefs, the Ravens, and the Steelers, all of whom I have completely, complete faith they'll make the playoffs. Yeah. yeah they're three so of you're the going best against three of the best teams. And I think. From my predictions start this year, like I said, twelve and four for the Steelers, probably twelve and four for the Ravens, or thirteen and three for the Ravens. And the Chiefs are the Chiefs, so you've got three of the best teams in the NFL as a whole. Is that the against. worst start to any season? Oh, in three. Oh no, it's in terms of the teams to play. Yeah, that's fucking crazy. It's the horrible. Falcons tend to have really bad schedules just because of our division, and that stuff. is pretty but tough actually. That is about nuts. It. I can't remember like one that bad. Mm. It's a uh, it's no, a true. It's a brutal one to start, but I could I could easily see Steelers I know. getting that done. I just I just I that's the thing. It just seems like an odd one. I stayed away from it for that reason. But yeah, I think you're pretty safe over forty five. Yeah. yeah, that's what I think as well. What'd you get on that? So I got sixty. I think it was sixty nine to one. Nice sixty nine. Sixty nine nice. something. But because I'm, I'm putting more than one pound on it, I can tell you what the overall total is. Not so I can't. It's difficult to remember the uh, actual odd bit on it. That's cool. Fair enough. Uh, right, so I'm going with I'm I'm doing it again. I'm betting against the Eagles. So I'm the Bengals to oh, to win no. uh, against Philly this oh, week. Oh man, okay. I did look at it. I did I look at that, that Ollie, because I the really odds, looked at the it. odds were great so on it. Yeah, and then and then yeah. in my head I was like, no, it's not going to happen. They're gonna they're gonna take care of business. So I went the other way. So it's going to be interesting. they're going to be piping the booze into Lincoln Financial Field again. <laughs> Because the Bengals yeah. haven't I mean, I was bad. I was looking at that game and thought there's no oh, way man. the Eagles lose the first three games, and especially to the Bengals. But I thought actually, Joey Burrow's looked pretty good. There's yep. Nixon and Boyd know, and yeah. Green and Tay. There's weapons. I looked Palmer. at it. So yeah, all comes down Not to whether defense. Miles Sanders can play. Basically, like if, if he can. That was it. So if, if he was out, yeah. I would pick the Bengals to win every game on the every day of the week. But because Sanders is back, yeah, I've got a better feeling about it. The Bengals' offense the is more than good enough to shred the Eagles' D at the moment. The Eagles' oh, D yeah. is getting no pressure. It's it's quite abysmal. I like, think Goff... that it will be a get-right game for Wentz, though. That's why I went the other way. game for Wentz. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Anyway, what are your other games? We'll, we'll have plenty of time to talk about uh, how so bad So I have Eagles gone are. with the Steelers to beat the Texans uh, on okay. the money line. I've gone for the Browns nice. to TCOB, uh, take care of business this week. Um, who have they got? I can't remember off the top of my head now. Uh, can I? Oh, they're against the Washington football team. Yeah, that oh, okay. that'll be fine, just fine. Um, I've gone for the Vikings to get a victory <laughs> against the Titans. Mistake. To try and push things up. Last week, you do not back fucking Kirk Cousins because he is shit. Okay. Um, Dalvin Cook, I back though, so that's all right. Uh, doesn't matter. Should doesn't you? matter. And useless I'm, quarterback. 
I'm going uh, with Seattle to beat Dallas because I can't pick Dallas. Nice. And I really like yeah. watching Seattle. Um, <laughs> although it. I'm bored of Russell Wilson MVP calls in week two. Like, let's just not start MVP shouts already. And then uh, I've thrown a spread one in uh, Tampa minus six. Because I think okay. Tampa uh, get, it, get it done against the bron- uh, Broncos. So what have you got for that? I'm, I'm guessing quite big. 41 to one. So not much still. What? Yeah, so with the Bengals though. Steelers' money line was really short. Bengals is but 21 the, to 10. But the Bengals, that jacked up my year uh, when I was looking at them. That, and that's why I was so tempted because I went from like 30 to 1 to I put that in and then it shot up to a 70 or something. But the reason why know. is because you've also got the Rams and the Packers. Yeah, yeah. Underdogs. So you take three dogs, you've got a much better chance of getting much better odds. So that's cool. One yeah. of those things. Interesting bets though. Yeah, it'd be yeah. interesting to see how it comes it's a out. Weird, it, it's a weird week. I would be very, very surprised if if we got got a winner this week but primetime games last week primetime games cousins. this week are just the best packers oh, yeah. chiefs and then ravens kansas city i mean That's afc yeah. afc championship and possibly the nfc championship if the saints can you, sort their stuff no out. way the do, saints do you guys near that. do you guys wish that that game was a little bit a few more weeks down the line or do you think it's no i like it now i want the you like it now it tells the story of these two met early in the season in week three yeah. and then something will change midway through the year so that when they go to the AFC Championship game, they it can feel like a it. different game as opposed yeah, yeah, to yeah. being, well, they played each other in week 15. They know each other pretty well, how they've been in down the stretch and how they've been looking going into the playoffs. To so. be fair, they're both yeah. flying at the moment. So it's not like they need to click through the gears and mm. get to uh, Chiefs like took a bit week of time. seven or something. Chiefs, Chiefs took a bit of time last week to get going. Chargers did keep them locked in up. Fair, in fairness, I think that's just more credit to the Chargers from what I saw. Sure. Yeah, I mean, they, they always say that so. he struggles against the, the Gus Bradley defense. Yeah. I remember I read that, but someone said they always, he always struggles against them. So they said it on the, the Chiefs not doing well. great against the Chargers doesn't mean it's because the Chargers are brilliant or the Chiefs are terrible. It's just a good matchup. Uh, the Ravens are like watching... Of American football and like two times speed, it, yeah. it it's lightning quick to the point that you blink and you do miss stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's insane, and I I need to sit down and watch a game. I might put them on the big screen in my living room instead of the instead of the Eagles game. To be honest, this week, um, oh well, no, because they're prime time, so I'll be able to watch it on the big screen anyway. But I'll probably watch that game completely in full in like the full three hour thing, because to see if it does feel like that. Because when you're popping to the yeah. Ravens on red zone. Mm. It's even easier to make it feel like NFL on crack. Whereas, mm-hmm. <laughs> whereas if you watch a full game, maybe you'll actually get some pace into it rather than just being like, oh my God, there's another thing with the Oh my God, there's another thing Big thanks for listening to the Return of Picks podcast this week. Big thanks to uh, James Devlin for joining us on the show today uh, you can follow him on twitter and on instagram on twitter he's at james underscore devlin that's at james underscore devlin and on instagram he's just j devlin that's j devlin uh, you can follow jazz at jazz gillam on both twitter and instagram and dave at david bluck one on twitter and david bluck on instagram and myself o underscore j underscore wilson on twitter and instagram and of course follow the podcast as well at return the picks on twitter it's at return the picks and on Instagram, it's just return the picks. Uh, follow us and like and subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, all other good podcasting outlets as well. And until next week, take care and enjoy the NFL. Hold up. 